Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board-certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Hello, and welcome back to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast, everybody. It is Shelby here, and we are going to be talking all the things about virtual assistants, when to hire one, what you can offload, how to be a good boss, all the things. And I'm really excited to bring this information to all of you because this is stuff that Laura and I learned the painfully, painfully hard way. And man, if I can just save you a little bit of that heartache out of the gate, I... Man, I'm already excited about it. So let me know if after you listen to this, if you are ready to hire a VA or you feel more equipped to hire a VA, because that is my goal today is to give you some time frame references on when you should pull the trigger here and um, give you some like really practical steps on how to do this process. So like I said, Laura and I have had many VAs. We have learned the really, really hard way. And at the beginning, I knew, or not at the beginning, but like mm, probably close to the year mark, I knew that hiring a VA was probably within my six month future. And I had no idea where to start. I had reached out to some other coaches and they gave good advice, but I just like, I kind of needed someone to hold my hand. I had no idea what I was doing. And, um, yeah, it led to hiring some not great VAs out of the beginning. And also I was still very much in my people pleasing tendencies and I was chicken to like let people go that just weren't a good fit. And so the pain of having not great support lasted longer than it needed to. All of that we'll get into here in a minute. But kind of the most important part is when. When do you hire the VA? When is the right time? Can I afford it, et cetera, et cetera. So what we have seen, and if I could go back and do this over again, this is when I would have hired a VA, is right when you're creeping up on the six-figure mark, most coaches can expand to six figures and run the show completely solo. No problem, not a lot of stress. Everything's cool, calm, and chill. Once it takes a certain set of skills to fully book your calendar to fully book your client list. And that usually gets you to six figures. And then by the time that you do that, most coaches are like having a creative itch that they need time to dedicate towards. And that's where your VA comes in to offload some of those like really boring tasks that honestly anybody can do. They don't require your creative genius to pull off like how to get somebody set up and practice better, right? Like anybody can be trained on how to do that. Your time is not best spent. Always doing that process. So usually the jump from 100K to like 200K or 250K is going to require some support on your end. So when you are creeping up around like the 70, 80, $85,000 income range, this needs to be on your radar. You need to be looking. It can take a little bit of time to find the right person and to get them onboarded. So we don't want to wait until you are completely bottlenecked and stressed out to start this process because then it just adds more stress and frankly pours gasoline on, on the fire here. So like I said, there's going to come a time in your business where 
you're not going to want to do the behind the scenes stuff any longer. Um, and that your energy is better spent holding the vision that you have in your heart and being creative. And uh, (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm uh, remembering how many control issues Laura and I had in the beginning of being able to relinquish control and to delegate is really challenging. If you can remember like working in the hospital and learning how to delegate is a skill. Like what can you offload? You have to have someone that you trust to delegate to. Like I, now our team functions in such a way to where when I hand off a task, I am 100% sure that that task is going to be finished to completion. And if it's not, I know that my team is going to come back and ask further questions, right? In the beginning, that wasn't the case. I had a not great VA and um, handing things off to her kind of like felt like I was throwing a ball into the dark and I didn't know where it was. (laughs) No updates, no nothing. Communication was really poor. And that doesn't feel good. That is so stressful. It does not help. Then you get in the mindset of like, it's just easier if I do it myself, which again, keeps you stuck. It keeps you um, it keeps you kind of pigeonholed uh, at this this certain income level, which is not what most nurse coaches want. We want to grow. Um, you only have so much time in the day, and so if you're wanting to make this jump from 100k to 250k, you want you need to be spending your time coaching, right? You you your energy and time is best spent serving people, whether it's coaching or workshops or in person events. That is where your priority should be. It does not need to be on all of the backend stuff and emailing and follow-up emails and tracking payment plans and managing leads and like all this hoopla, right? It's, I hope that I'm making the distinction really clearly here of like your energy is priceless. We need to prioritize it. Your vision depends on your energy and your ability to commit and, and fulfill those creative urges. We can train people how to manage all of the backend stuff in your business. I guarantee that you are going to get to the 100K mark and be like, oh, Shelby, but I can keep doing it. I don't need one yet. I don't need a VA yet. This is a lie. <laughs> this is a lie. You absolutely need one at this point if you want to grow. If you're totally chill at the 100K mark and you want to stay there, okay, you win. You win that battle. You don't need one. But if you are looking to scale or grow in any capacity, this is the time that you need to be very diligent about bringing on the right support. Um, If you don't, you will be able to scale probably to like 150, 175, and then you will bottleneck. And what we mean by that is... um, your time will become so strapped that you do not have time to hire a VA or offload or train anybody. And then your eyeballs are beneath water. You are not treading water effectively. Your business gets really stressful. It feels like you can't breathe. And I'm speaking from experience. So trust me on this. You are going to have to hire before you feel fully ready. Do you sense a theme? This is like a common thing in entrepreneurship. You got to jump before it fully makes sense or you're fully ready. Good news is that VAs are usually really affordable. You can usually start with like five or 10 hours a month. The commitment is pretty low. It's a really good return of investment on, on your business. I know it's scary to let go of some control and bring somebody in like having somebody babysit your kid for the first time. I I know, but you can do this. We can do hard things. I promise. 
Um, you may be wondering like what, what you hire a VA for necessarily. And I'm going to throw out some ideas for you, but really kind of the essence and the easiest place to start is make a list of all the things that you don't love to do in your business that aren't exciting, that you dread doing, that aren't fun. And those are the things that you offload to your VA. So it can look like updating your website with testimonials and like if you need to update your bio because you wrote it a year ago, or if you need to update the pictures or you need to update um, your services, like your VA can handle all that. They can set up workshops for you and email and invite people to the workshops. You can have them email client notes out and email out recordings if that's a service that you provide. This is not, you don't have to do that. I want you to hear me on that. (laughs) You don't have to send out notes um, and recordings. We do that in our business. Um, Just just an idea. Uh, You can have them onboard clients. You can have them manage payment plans and make sure that you are getting paid the right amount from your clients every month. You can have them manage social media posts, especially, or if you have a Facebook group, you can have them manage the Facebook group. Um, Our client care specialist, Amanda, is the one who sends out all the welcome messages to every single person who comes into our group, who also lets people into the Facebook group, who tags us in questions that we, that Laura and I can answer in the Facebook group. Like she really has an eye because we have close to 2,000 members in our space, we need an extra set of hands and eyes to help that space run smoothly so that you're not waiting a week to get in, et cetera, et cetera. Um, You can also have your VA offboard your clients and gather testimonials and then update your website so that these things just all like naturally flow. You don't have to think about them too much. Um, You can have them screen new calls with potential clients to see if they're a good fit. You can have them manage your leads or and keep them organized so that like if you talked to somebody three months ago and you said you're going to follow up, like they can keep tabs on all of that for you in really pretty spreadsheets. And these, again, are just some ideas that these are some of the things that we offload in our business. Um, And right now, we have, shoot, probably 40 hours of offloaded work every week between two VAs. Um, when And we're trying to film more. <laughs> we we want to give them about 50 hours worth of work every week. But um, it we started off really, really, really small. Like we started off with like 10 hours a month for probably six months, just while Laura and I were learning to delegate, while we were learning what we could offload, and most importantly, while we were writing systems and standard operating procedures for our company, which I will touch on here in a minute. So now we kind of have an idea of what we can offload to to our wonderful VA. And here's the juicy bit, right? What to look for in a VA. I'm going to tell you guys right now, most VAs cannot read your mind. And that is something I so desperately wanted in the beginning. I just wanted to like spend an hour with somebody and then be like, I know exactly what you need. And I'm going to do it to perfection the first time. Unfortunately, that's just not how life works. You have to spend time with people. They have to get to know you. You have to get to know them for that to be able to happen. I can happily say now that our team can mostly read Laura and I's mind. Um, 
they still ask a lot of clarifying questions, which I so appreciate because that means to me that shows that they're, they're that they're listening. Um, but just I want to take that expectation off the table. If you are like me and just so desperately wanted somebody to come in and rescue you, it ain't going to happen, my friend. We're going to have to put in some time on the front end. It's like any other relationship that you have, the get to know you phase still applies here. Um, but some some really basic things to look for. So write out all of the systems that you use in your practice, like Google Workspace, Google Drive, Gmail, Practice Better. If you use Canva, if you use like any other thing that you log into to run your business, write all of those out. And then whenever you are looking and interviewing for VAs, assess their their knowledge on these systems. Most VAs are going to be really comfortable and familiar with like Google Workspace and Gmail like that and Google Drive. That's not um, atypical, but Practice Better is a super niche platform that not a lot of VAs are going to be familiar with. That is okay. You're probably going to have to train them on how you use Practice Better anyway. Um, But if you can find a VA that knows what Practice Better is and knows how to use it, bonus, right? And um, Practice Better luckily has like an amazing help desk to where VAs can mostly train themselves and find a lot of the answer themselves, which is also also perfect. But like say you host your website through Squarespace and your VA only knows WordPress, like they might be great. You still might hire them, but it would be ideal if they knew the systems that you have so that, that the training time is less. And like I've mentioned before, start small. Start. You can start with like five to 10 hours a month and just have like, even if you have like 15 items on your list of things that you hate to do, I wouldn't recommend handing them all 15 things at once. I would just start with like the most pressing thing and and layer off offloading. Like here's two things, you handle this, let's see how it goes, let's work out the kinks and then give them a new task. And then like you can add on something like every week or maybe a couple things every week. Um, and that's mainly for you as the coach, right? Like your VA is smart, they are intelligent, they can likely handle more than one task a week. Nurse coaches have a hard time trusting people with their <laughs> with their with their baby, which is essentially what your private practice is. And this is a way for you to build rapport, for you to build trust in your VA so that when it comes time to throw more gas in the tank, you guys have a solid foundation laid together. Um, I always like to ask our VAs, like, what is your preferred communication style? Do you like to text? Do you like to Marco Polo? Do you like to use Google Chat? What is your preferred method of communication? Is it email? And then at the end of the day, it's really about your preferred style of communication. So our team uses Google Chat. It's it's um, a chat feature that's built into Google Workspace. So if you guys have invested in that, you also have access to that as well. And that is a primarily the way that we all communicate because it's in real time and you can search through it and bring up old conversations if you need to. Then we also use email for like emailing documents and keeping things slightly better organized, but agreeing that you're not going to like use Facebook Messenger and Instagram DMs, and then you might email them, like streamline your communication as much as possible. Also, I've fallen into the hoop. I'm that annoying friend that 
messages you on all the apps and we'll be having like 14 different conversations depending on what app we're using. So this was this is just a little nugget for previous me of like be kind to your <laughs> to your support squad and streamline your communication so that you're not pulling them in 500 different directions. And also having closed loop communication is key of whenever I offload a task to you, I need you to tell me that it is done or I need some way of knowing that it is done. So if you're not going to directly tell me and report back that like I sent that email to so-and-so, then we need to have a checklist or a shared like board to where I can see that you completed the task. For us, we use Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O, and we have like a list of tasks that Laura does that I do and that our two VAs do. And if I need, for example, Bettina, who's our project manager, if I need her to complete something for me or write an SOP for me, then I will make a card and I will put it on her board. And then like, that is our agreed way that like, she knows that that is her task now. And then we will review it at our next team meeting. And she'll give me an update on where she's at with, with that particular thing. So um, whatever, this is not like a, a particular formula for success. This is just what works for for our team. And it took us about a year to really get in a groove and a flow. And maybe even some VAs who have been in the game long enough have like a preferred way and like a system that works. If that's the case, try it out and then tweak it for, for what you guys need and what tweak it for what works and what doesn't. There's a hundred ways to to see success here. Also, when looking for a VA, if asking for references or looking at some of their previous work would be helpful for you, I would also ask for that as well. It's like a true job interview. It's totally within the realm to, to ask. So now I want to talk about how to be a good boss. And this could probably be a whole podcast episode on itself. Um... Laura and I are probably going to do a podcast episode of what it like looks like to be in a partnership and how we pull that off successfully. Um, but I had no idea how to be a good leader or boss in this capacity. I'd never had employees before. I'd never been a manager of any type before. Laura had some project manager experience from one of her many previous lives. So she definitely took the lead here and I learned a lot from her and this is a skill team. So like, if you're not naturally good at this, this is okay. This is just, if you are wanting to scale to a multi six figure business, this is something that you get to embrace and something that you get to learn. So how to be a good boss is to be painfully clear on how you want things completed. So this is kind of goes in the same vein of writing SOPs and SOP is an abbreviation for standard operating procedure. So I don't want to overwhelm you with all of this, especially if you're new, but this is just a nugget to think of in the next few months, probably about a year into your practice, you will start working this process, but you have to write out how you want every single thing done in your business. So if you are wanting someone to post on social media for you, That means that you are going to have to pull up a a Google document and write out step by step by step of like how you are going to get the content to your VA, 
what day and what time you want them to post on what social media platforms. And you're going to have to share your login information. You are going to essentially write out a protocol for how you want things done. Leave no room for assumption in those protocols. It's exactly like protocols in the hospital. Like if this, then this, if this, then this, like it's very specific, zero room for error. You're probably going to suck at writing these like we did right out of the gate because we assume that people can read our brain, but they cannot. Um, so maybe in the future, we'll like do a more in-depth deep dive into standard operating procedures. I find them incredibly boring. So does Laura, but they do make our life easier because you write them down once, you tweak, polish, and then if you ever have a VA that needs to leave or quit, then hiring a new VA, the, the system is already in place and it's just plug and play at that point. So you can write them out. We also use a platform sometimes called Loom, L-O-O-M, where you can record short videos and screen record to like train somebody um, by showing them. But in order to be a great boss, you have to be painfully clear on how people are, how you want support or else it gets murky and weird and things go south. Um, another good thing is to use deadlines. So like, I need you to post this on Instagram by Thursday is a really great sentence. <laughs> um, if you leave it open-ended, then it's likely that like, they're not, they don't know what to prioritize, what not to prioritize. And that posting on Instagram might not seem important to them. So it could get, get pushed until next week, but you wanted to post on Instagram to fill your group by next week. So use deadlines. And I want you guys to embrace being a burden. Um, and I say that because a lot of times nurse coaches fall into this trap of thinking, I don't, or it's just easier for me to do it myself. And right now it might be easier for you to do it yourself, but, or, or I don't want to, I don't want to be a burden on my VA. Dude, that's what they're here for. They are here to support you. And so be a burden. And right now it might be easier for you to do things yourself, but in the long run, it is not easier for you to do things yourself. And you're going to have to start practicing offloading tasks today. Okay. You can do it. I, I promise you can do it. Um, and the reality of this is, team, if you have a rocky relationship with your VA, it's your fault. And I want to provide a little bit of a story on this of like our my first VA that I hired was really sweet. And she actually was like good at the things that she did. But our communication sucked. I never used deadlines. I was never clear. I wanted her to read her mind and tried to give her opportunities to do that. She wasn't. She was young. She was not a mind reader. She was really kind and very, very sweet. But at the end of the day, like she just didn't do anything for me. We went in circles a lot. Nothing ever really got completed. And it was a breeding ground for resentment. Like we never had regular meetings. Oh, it was just messy. It was really soupy. And that's on me right? Like it is my responsibility as the coach to lead here. I am, I am the leader in this relationship and they are on my support squad. And I did not set her up for any kind of success because I was not leading. I didn't know how I was too shy. I didn't want to hurt her feelings. All of this, all of this BS that I told myself. And at the end of the day, I suffered, my practice suffered 
And I'm not really sure that she liked working with me. (laughs) So it is your job to be painfully clear, to be like annoyingly clear and to lead. Your business literally depends on it. So to round out this episode here, I asked our team, I asked Amy Owen and Cindy Samatinger and Sean, they all have VAs of like, what is some nuggets of wisdom that they would pass on to their past selves on hiring a VA? What lessons have they learned? And so I want to share them with you quickly here just to, to wrap up. And a lot of this is going to be repetitive, but I'm hoping if I say it enough times, it will seep into your subconscious and we can save you some painful lessons. So Amy says that schedule consistent meetings with your with your VA. We schedule one meeting at least a week with ours just to check in. How are things going? What questions do you have? Um, and that also helps build rapport faster as well. Um, delegate more than you want to more than you're comfortable with, give them a chance to mess up so that you guys can figure out systems and processes that work for both of you and take an interest in them personally. I also like that little nugget just because it makes your team feel more cohesive. Uh, Cindy says, hire before your calendar is full. Amy also said, hire before you get you get bottlenecked. Um, and that communication is is key. You It is so not possible to hand off a task like and be flippant about it and expect somebody to be able to pull that off with no direction. So communicate and hire before your calendar is full. And then Sean says, layer on tasks one by one as you start to build trust, create agreements and let go of control, focusing on the result you want, but not necessarily on the process they use to get there, which I think is like, Ooh, such a good little nugget. People's brains work differently than yours. And that's okay. Like focusing on the result versus focusing on the process is such a, just a gem. So thanks, Sean, for that one. Um, Okay, team. Like I said, this was a little bit of like a drier episode with, with some logistics. But one last pearl of wisdom I have for you here is something that really helped me be able to offload, helped me be able to delegate is viewing my business and my vision as like a third party to where it was separate from from me and my allegiance and my due diligence and my mm, my job was to keep my vision and my business alive. So kind of creating some space between me and my business and where we were going, especially when Laura and I partnered together, I can advocate and take a stand for my vision like so much easier than I can advocate and take a stand for um, myself. So this has really helped with letting certain members of our team go that weren't a good fit because they weren't a good fit for our vision. Not that they weren't a good fit with me because I can like bend and break to mold around anybody. But for our vision, I just knew that they weren't a good fit and like we had to trim the fluff and move on. And it is your responsibility as the coach to put continuous fuel in your engine to keep the vision going. 
and your VAs and your support team are a part of that fuel. So you have to, you might get it wrong the first couple of times whenever you hire a VA and that is okay. It's not necessarily anything wrong with you. Like if they don't pass the vibe check, they don't pass the vibe check. You have to want to work with this person week in, week out for a long time. So finding someone that that vibes well with you personally, with your vision, and is overall supportive to the team and not something that you're always having to manage or worry about. Um, if you're micromanaging your VA, they're likely, they're likely not it, fam. They're likely not it. So let me know what questions you have. I knew I just threw like the whole kitchen sink at you. Come in the Facebook group, shoot me an email, let me know. Um what was helpful and what you're looking forward to about hiring a VA. I mean, even now we just had a meeting with our team this week and Laura was like, we were just showering them with a lot of appreciation because we, at this point cannot run our business, our company without them. They are an integral part of pulling off our vision and getting our vision out there in the world And we are so grateful for our team and the future of nurse coaching like absolutely depends on them as well, which is a big responsibility that they help carry with us. And we, we love them so, so much. Um, But yeah, this can be a pretty big task. Let me know if potentially in the future, just as like more successful nurse coaches are needing VAs, like what support we can offer here. I would love to know. All right, team, I hope you have a great and wonderful day. We will see you same time, same place next week. Come hang out with us in the Facebook group. Check out our workshops on the website and we will yak at you later. Bye. Bye.